today I'm playing an interview I did with the multi-talented, he can do everything, Jeffrey Kinn. Acting, writing, directing, and to our great joy, the artistic director of the Players Theater. He will talk about how a farm boy from central Ohio wound up singing and dancing his way into our hearts. So here, Jeffrey Kinn. I am sitting here with Jeffrey Kinn, and I've been interviewing people who make their living or their life from an art form. Interesting. And clearly you are one of them. Well, yeah. Oh, yes. I got a chance to see him on stage. Uh-huh. And he's... <laughs> he's, he's embarrassed. He's, yeah, he's I'm totally embarrassed. This I get so embarrassed. This is so cute because he's blushing. Yeah. He's so easy to watch. You want to listen to him. You want to hear whatever he has to say. You don't want him to get off the stage. <laughs> Friends of mine said you have to go interview Jeffrey because he's the... What? Creative director? Artistic director. Artistic director director of the Players Theater. So I thought I was coming to interview an administrator. Mm -hmm. So I come to this thing and I see you up there and it's clear where your passion lies. (laughs) So what I want to hear from you is how this happened to you, how you became it, how it called you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. And... um, I was always the creative kid. I was always, you know, in the first grade I was Rumpelstiltskin and in the second grade I was already doing puppet shows and I forgot my words as Rumpelstiltskin and then I made them up. Did you really? During part of, yes, I improv in the first grade. Oh, that's wonderful. So that's, that's should, wonderful. that should have told you something. Yes. Did, are, is there? Not a stitch. No. There's no theatricality anywhere in my family. <laughs> I, was that what you're going to say? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I'll, I won't have to talk. No, you can ask. <laughs> I just had That's a feeling you were right. going to say. You were right. Is there some That's sort right. of theater? And yeah. there isn't. I'm a farm kid. My, par- my parents were, I was born and raised on a, about a 500 acre farm. Where? In central Ohio. Wow. And. Um, well, you can hardly get further away from looked, Broadway than that. Yeah. Um, and I was, I'm the youngest of six kids. So the one thing that I kind of remembered was that even at a young age, I had to be loud, and I had to, if I was, wanted to say something, I had to say it. Otherwise, I was just going to get rolled right over by the other, my other siblings. Yeah, there were five more of you? Is that five what Five more, older than me, yes. And what, what was the age spread? Uh, my oldest brother is 13 years older than I am. Wow. And then my closest sister is four years older than I am. So it was a big Catholic farm family, Yeah. and uh, we don't know where it came from. I mean, even my parents don't know really where it came from. It was just one of those things, uh, it was just meant to be, I guess. And, you know, my third grade teacher, Mrs. Gagnon, remembers me dying for her after class, you know, and doing the dying scene, and I missed the school bus, and so then I had to call my mom, and she's like, why did you miss the bus? I'm like, well, I was dying for Mrs. Gagnon, and... You know, so it became this whole funny thing about, you know, what do we do with this kid, you know, who obviously wants to do, wants to perform. And uh, um, I was really fortunate that so many of my teachers always encouraged me and gave me leeway to do the puppet shows and to do the, you know, and I, um, even back into high school, I remember Mr. Walton uh, my English teacher saying, boy, I want the class to read Flowers for Algernon. You know, yes. it's about the handicapped guy. Um, and he asked me to stay after class. And he said, I think you should read this instead. And he handed me the play version. I had people like that all my life who kind of gave me that little extra, like, maybe this is your path kind of thing. Right. Um, That's really interesting to me because it comes up a lot. 
I think it does too. And and again, for Central Ohio, there there wasn't any of that. And you know, even my parents were like, you know, if you're you're fire, you know, you're you do your chores, and there's no extracurricular activities. You know, my brothers and sisters weren't allowed to do sports because it was a 15-minute drive into town, and that's a waste of time. And so then I came along, and uh, by the, when I got to junior high school in the seventh grade, the group that I started running around with were auditioning for the community theater. And one of my friends got in a show, and we went to go see him. My mom and my dad, I don't think my dad went, but my mom and, my mom and I did, went. And on the way home, I was singing some of the songs. And she goes, gosh, I didn't know you knew this show. And I'm like, I didn't. I don't. She goes, well, how do you know the songs? I'm like, well, I just heard them. She goes, you can memorize the song and you just heard it once? And I'm like, I was like, yeah, is that weird? She goes, <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. Little Mary Sunshine. And I was singing the songs. Um, so I said, I want to audition for a show. So she took me to auditions, which was kind of against, you know, the rules of the, the family. The house rules, mm-hmm. right. And, uh, okay, and, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. Yeah. Now, um, I was 13. Where was your dad in all this? Did he well, my dad was around, but he was farming, so he wasn't as hands-on. Well, but he didn't mind that she took you to... Oh, yes. There yeah, was a big thing. Yeah. It was a big thing. Well, I went to audition, and it's in a small theater, so my mom actually watched us all audition. And she says that... See, I get emotional. <laughs> um, that she knew the second I walked on stage that that was where I belong. So on the way home... I think they told me, like, we want you to be night number two. I, I was night number two in Once Upon a Mattress. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, what do we tell Dad? And she goes, I'll handle your father. And I never heard a thing about, I don't know what kind of fight they got into, which I'm sure there was. Um, but she says, I'll handle it, because this is what you're supposed to do. And so, uh, that's, I, I, so that's I, what I, I did. I, I, <laughs> I just want to tell the audience that, um, that, that Jeffrey is having trouble not crying, and I, I am too. So that um, it's this clear and present knowledge that people have when they have it. Mm-hmm. And the people who are close to them, and sometimes not even the people that are close to them, like teachers and stuff, people can see it. Right. And they, they, if, they're, if they're kind, if they're loving, they encourage it. Yeah. It's great. I've always been told, and even when I got to college, I went to college for theater at Otterbein College in Ohio. And my professor then said you need to explore your vulnerability because that's what attracts people to you as a performer. Mm -hmm. So even then, I'm like, well, why am I vulnerable? And so over the years, I've really gotten rid of all the walls. The defenses. Defenses. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy for me to get involved and to allow myself to be emotional. Yeah. Um, Yeah, you have real access to your emotions yeah. and, and they just come up when they come up, which is... Yeah, sometimes not good. <laughs> well... But then sometimes great. I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. And how could it I be am not good? I well, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So, I'm, um, I'm, and so you're saying that sometimes you get hurt? Oh, well, of course. People always try to, you know, bulldoze you. And I have a tough streak, though, too. I am a farm kid and I'm scrappy. And, and you're the youngest of six, so you so have to make your way in that. Yeah, I, I've... I've also lived in New York, and uh-huh. you know, I mean, I, you know, I know I my way around. Mm-hmm. So there's also the part of me that knows when to say, uh, uh-uh, uh. Yeah, you draw the not, line. Oh yeah, there's, you know, I can definitely, you know, roll up my sleeves. Well, you know, to to switch just for a second, you couldn't do this job if you couldn't do that. It's tough. Yeah. 
the one thing that I also, I also don't know where this came from, but you know, the whole right brain, left brain thing, mm -hmm. often creative people can only use one side. Yes. And I guess over the years, and as I started to grow up as a kid, even my parents, my dad came around. You know, he started to see shows and started thinking, wow, you're good at that. I, I can't believe that. Wow, here's my kid and he's singing and dancing and <laughs> here's a singing dancing farm boy, you know. And, <laughs> So, you know, it just became a thing that they accepted mm -hmm. and encouraged. And, and, and your siblings? Siblings? <laughs> Why does he get, you know, it, well, we I'm, never got to yeah, do it. I was thinking like that. that was probably true. A little bit of that. I mean, let's face it, your baby boy. I was the baby, yeah. yeah. Still and, am. Well, of course. Well, you never lose that. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, and, well, four years between you and your sister, what, uh, what are the other, are they boys or girls? What is uh, it? I have, I have two older sisters and three older brothers. Well, so they had everything before they got you. Yeah. But they, but still, the baby is the baby. Yeah. So I, I obviously got a little bit more attention because I was different. Yes. Um, and But you know, it's interesting. I look back, and I never got razzed for being on stage. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know how in some schools, like the, ki the artistic, creative kids get picked on? It was never the case in my high school. In fact, all the jocks always did the shows. So, and they were always impressed because they could... I'll never forget Steve Lehman would always be like, I can only say one line, or otherwise I get confused. <laughs> so they were always like, wow, he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they never gave me any crap, you know. Um, I never had that kind of bullying that you would get. So it was very, even in a small, you know, I had 190 kids in my class. So you were in the nature of a little star in your neighborhood. A little bit, yeah, mm -hmm. a little bit of a big fish in yeah, the little yeah, pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then as I move into college... You know, um, that, that pond expanded, obviously. I had got great training. Um, it was hard. Um, you know, acting has always been something that was natural for me. So yeah. then to kind of learn the craft yeah, yeah. was very difficult for the structure and, and all that. But again, I had great people. Um, the great thing about my college was we do an internship in New York our senior year. So I was... Wow. I, so I was able to go work for a casting agency in New York my senior year of college. And then after graduation, they called me up and said, you know, one of our staff just left. Would you, do you want to move to New York and, oh. and work with us? Oh, another one of those it just falls into place thing. Everything points towards what I should be doing, and I really do feel confident that this is what I'm supposed to be doing, that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That you're in the right place at the right, right time. time. It always works out the way it's supposed to. Firm believer mm -hmm. of it. Um, to the point now where I directed our production of Candide last year. Mm. I was the director. And it's a very difficult show. And the female lead, the day we started blocking rehearsals. So we've been through music rehearsals for about a week and a half. Right. The day we started blocking rehearsals called me and said, you know what? I think I'm going to take another acting gig. I actually didn't get the role, but I think I'm going to, I think I'm backing out of your show. So I went crazy. Finally... I'm on my way to the rehearsal where I have to start blocking people, and I think to myself, you know, this will work out, because it always does, and these terrible things always happen, and, and so I started talking to myself, yeah. and I thought, well, number one, don't be angry at the cast, because they're there. Right. So I was like, boom, I got there, started blocking, said, okay, we'll deal with this scene tomorrow, I just went right over it, because right. I couldn't deal with it that day. The next day I went in and said, okay, guys, <laughs> now I can tell you. Our lead dropped out yesterday. They're like, how yeah, right, were you right. so nice yesterday? And how were you so calm? And how did you get so much work right. done? And uh, I said, you know what? It wasn't your fault. It'll work out. It always does. 
And then a little voice from the corner of the chorus said, I would like to audition. Could I audition for the lead for you? And I was like, sure. And she ended up being brilliant. (laughs) So it was the, you know what I mean? It worked out exactly the way it was supposed to. Right. Even to this day, a few days ago, stage manager had to drop out of a show. Not two hours later, a stage manager that I had talked to about that position called me up and said, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have given up that show because now my other job didn't work out and I have have done I was like, well, just so you know, that job is available as of about two hours. So my life has always kind of worked that way. So I do have a sense of I'm here for a reason. This is what I'm here for. And it always is. And and it's going to work out. Yeah. Okay. So now take me back. So I moved to New York. I worked for a casting agency that really taught me a whole lot more than I wanted them to teach me because, you know, the stuff I learned there, I really shouldn't shouldn't know. This was 1986. Uh-huh. I just graduated from college. And uh, it was a great experience to be able to move to the city. Um, I worked there for about a year mm-hmm. before I realized I'm never going to get in front of the lights. From here? If I'm back here all the time. So I uh, took other jobs like everybody else, auditioned for things. Um, whenever I went to an audition and was like, well, if I get this great and if I don't, great. I would get the role. Yeah. And then the, whenever I would go in and say, I have to have this. This is my role. Yeah, right. You know, this is my show. Um, for about two years, I was, I called myself the king of first refusal, <laughs> which in, in professional terms, they would offer the role to somebody, their first choice. And that second choice was first refusal. So if the first person refused, then it went to the second person. Right. I was the second person. <laughs> You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even to the point where uh, twice I had people say, we should have went with you. You know, like in hindsight, they were like, we should have went with you first. But I was always that borderline person. Um, I did great shows. I did Shakespeare shows. I got my equity card. So I worked. Mm -hmm. I found that I got auditions for shows that I didn't want to do. You know, I kept getting auditions for West Side Story. Like, I auditioned for West Side Story. Like 500 international tour, national tour, German tour, you know, South American tour. And, you know, I was a professionally trained actor. Right. And here I was getting just all these musical theater auditions. And I started, I didn't realize I was blowing them. But I was, I right. was doing poorly right. at them because I didn't want them. Um, so I had to kind of stop, start thinking about why I wasn't doing well at these auditions. Right. And then I realized that I really didn't care. Um, so then I started going, well, is this really what you want to be doing right. for a living? Because your agent was sending you out. You had to take a show if it was offered to you, right. even if you didn't want it. Right. So it kind of took a little bit my theater joy out of me, and mm-hmm. New York kind of took that out of me too. I had great jobs, though. I was a bellman for New, for, uh, at the New York Helmsley, so I worked for Leona Helmsley. Um, I cleaned houses for great people. Uh, when I was in casting, I worked with Bill Cosby and Tommy Toon. And so I really got to know and work with great people. Right. Um, but it just wasn't for me. The city took a lot out of me. I was there for five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was on vacation in Florida. And looking at, I was just on vacation, and it was really, it was like in August, and it was hot, and I thought, you know what, I think I need to move out of the city. I think I've become somebody that I don't want to be. I was harsh. Um, My mom tells the story about I was going home for Christmas one year, and I could only go home for three days. And 
because of something. And she's like, well, honey, can't you come home for like five? No, mom, I can only come home for three. Come home for five. I'm like, I can't. And so finally she says, honey, you know, we really can't stand you the first few days you're home. <laughs> so even to them, I had become somebody that was, you know. That's so great. Well, Good for her. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, we communicate. Fam- my family communicates um, to this day. Uh, they la- we laugh great about line. that. Yeah, we can't stand you the first few, few days you're home. So she wanted me home a little bit longer. So I moved to Florida. Bring the real Jeffrey back. Yeah, yeah, no, no. And he had kind of gone away. Mm-hmm. I hated everything I saw. You know, oh, like, yeah, no matter yeah, what yeah. I saw, yeah, I, I, was, I was absolutely one of those people that, and that took me a while to get over. Mm-hmm. And I did what, talk myself out of it. Like, I, the good thing is I catch myself when I'm doing things like that. Mm-hmm. So I did notice. I said, I, I, I noticed that I was screwing up right. and that that was a perfectly wonderful show. And you can't just always see the bad, see the bad mm-hmm. and critique everything. So I started seeing things and realizing, wow. <laughs> you know, yeah, that wasn't great, but boy, that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. So I did kind of talk myself out of that after a while. Um, but anyway, I moved to Florida. Um, retired. To, to Saratoga? Sarato- Actually, to the other side of the other coast, because mm-hmm. I had friends that lived over there. And then my friend Catherine was auditioning for a show here in Sarasota and said, why don't you come audition for with it and, mm-hmm. and do something, you know, not professionally. Maybe you'll enjoy it. Right. Um, because really, I had considered that I was retiring from oh. the theater because that's how much I didn't you really were, like it. It's burnout. I was burnout. Yeah. 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 What uh, were you thinking of doing? Uh, I wanted a Jeep, a house, and a Dalmatian. <laughs> in that order. Wow. I, you know what I mean? Because in New York, you just don't have anything that's yours. No. You know, everything's rented. Everything's, everything's rented. You know, that's yeah. right. I didn't know what I was going to do, yeah. actually. I, I wasn't sure. But, you know, I had bailed hay. I had oh, yeah, a, you had done I'd, everything. I had worked in a glass factory one summer making windshields. I'd, you know what I mean? I had done everything to get through college right. and cleaning and waiting. And um, I was sure I would come up with something to do. I didn't know what it was going to be. But I was smart. And, you right. know, I right. could do retail. And you have energy? Yeah, you know, right. I, there's always stuff you can do if you have the wherewithal. And, and I had it all. So... That never really occurred to me. I wasn't scared of that at all. Um, I just wanted to get out of the city. Right. And I came over to Sarasota. I realized, number one, that I was over in West Palm Beach. Um, beautiful area. But I'm like, this is just like New York. Yeah, I, mean, I was just everything, gonna say. everything reminded me of New York. Yeah, right. You know, the delis, New York. Right, the driving, right, New, right, New York. Right, right. Everything was New York. Yeah. I moved over here and I thought, ooh, well, this is kind of like... Ohio. <laughs> nice weather. <laughs> yeah, right. But seriously, you know, yeah, because no. of 75 and 95, you get that, you know. I do know. That traffic. Mm-hmm. So I, I just instantly fell in love. I got in a show. What was it? Um, um, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. <laughs> yeah. And I was the Elvis impersonator. Oh. When uh, it came to staying in Sarasota, I just felt like it was a great place to be. It's mm-hmm. an arts center, lots going on. Right. Um, it was a little theater called Theater Works, which has now been taken I over remember. by FST. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of shows there. I was asked to choreograph something. I thought, well, I could choreograph because I've been a dancer all my life. And so I started doing that. And then somebody said, well, do you want to direct that? And I'm like, gosh, I don't know. Um, sure, I'll try it, you know. Um, and I was good at it. Mm-hmm. It just was something natural that, I was, that worked for me. And then I was, ended up uh, getting an idea for a play. And I kept telling my friend, I was like, you should write this play because this is a great story. And after, for about a year, and he goes, you know what, why don't you just write it? 
so that's what started me writing plays. And so um, you, d- you probably didn't know that I write plays, too. No, I, I didn't. I do, yeah. I'm a playwright. Um, my stuff has been produced in small venues across the country. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. And th- the Players Theater is actually doing one of my shows. Always a part of me is um, my first play that I ever wrote, and we're actually using it for the Florida Theater Convention. I kind of have done a little bit of everything. My God. And then about a year ago, a uh, year and a half ago, this the position here at the Players opened up, and they um, put an ad in the paper, national, for anyone around the country. And, you know, and I put my name in the hat. I hadn't thought about being an artistic director, but, you know, I've been an actor, I've been a director, I've been a choreographer, I've been a writer. Um, I've managed, I've done lots of management. I'd started talking about the right brain, left brain thing a little bit. Right. But I've always known that I had to make a living. My parents always said, you can do whatever you want, but you got to support yourself. Right. So I've always worked, I've always, you know, I've managed art galleries, I've done lots of retail. So I understand numbers. I know figures. You're a businessman. I'm a business person, right. but I'm also very creative. So, right. so that's, the per- it's the perfect combination for this gr- job. It is a perfect combination because everything has to do with how much money does it cost and how much um, money can you make. Right, exactly. Um, and my people skills are, are really what gro- have grown the most in this past year because before I would produce, and I started producing plays a few years ago too, and I was always small projects one-on-one right. directing, easily, one-on-one. Easily contained. Yes. Now it's a big scale. Right. Lots of people aren't getting what they want. You know, I want to direct a big Broadway show. And I have to explain to them, wow, you know, you don't have the qualities that I need for a big Broadway show here. Would you want to direct maybe one of our straight plays? Or, you know, so what my role... You have to say no. I have to learn how to say no. Yeah. The thing I'm most proud of myself is that from the very get-go... People came to me with projects or ideas. Just, I'm as upfront right. as you can possibly be. Wow, you know, you wrote a play that you want produced. There's no way I can produce this play. Right. Because my audience expects things that are well-known. They expect comedies. You know, I can't Whatever. do profanity. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? There's just things right, right, right. that come up. So that's what I'm most proud of myself that I've done over the years, is that I've just always been upfront and honest. At the same time, encouraging and also giving people a ladder to success. So that if they want to get someplace, I'm trying to figure out a way to help them get that way. Um, this past summer, we did six brand new plays, like reading, like a play reading festival. Mm-hmm. Six, I used six new directors who have never directed at the theater before. Wow. Just to give people the opportunity to fail mm-hmm. or succeed. Right. Let me watch you fail and succeed and see whether you can handle a bigger project. Um, so I'm all about it. And I, I think it's one of the roles of a community theater is to help encourage people, help them learn, help them grow, and, and you know, be the, you know, the uh, butane. Catalyst. Yeah, yeah, be that little fire that right. gets people's energy and, and creative spirit sparked and going. I think that's I, my role. You know, it's interesting. It just occurred to me. Of course, I know it has occurred to you that you started in community theater. Absolutely. Right. It was weird um, because I actually, let's see. It was, yeah, I was trained 40, I just turned 43. Yeah, it's 40 years ago. Yeah. Uh, no, 30, 30, 30 years, years ago. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was 13, and then I got this job two days before my... 43rd birthday. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I did call it my little birthday gift. I know that the Players Theater needed an honorable <laughs> steward at yeah. its head. Yeah. And so it got a Jeffrey. 
it got it got it, and it got all of me too. Yes, I mean, I, know. I am very dedicated and yeah. very, uh, you know, I am determined to have we, this be the most professional community theater in the country. Yeah, you I had mean, to buck the the past, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what, and you know, that's the tough thing too. You know, I, I'm surrounded by professional theater companies. Why do people want to come to see? amateurs do some of these shows what do you know what is the players role in the community so that had been overlooked for years so I'm building bridges I am the one who's knocking down the fences I'm the one who's being inclusive and doing the collaborations and, and supplying talent for uh, and doing talent can you contests. just give a little example of what you mean by this well yeah um, say for example when I did the project of Candide the key corral gentleman was a good friend of mine, Richard Storm, mm -hmm. and I said, Richard, you know, I'm doing Candide. Candy. Why don't your troupe come and sing like opening night? You don't have to come every night, but if some of your people could come and sing, and so it was just a little mini collaboration mm -hmm. that I got to tell you, at the end of Candide, when 100 people came out and sang, make your garden grow, that it just, to this day, makes my, you know, my uh, hair stand up on my arms. Um, it was a great collaboration. And even when it, we're talking about different schools that maybe don't have theater programs, you know, we should be helping them. We should be in there working with them, grassroots. We, I think we should be the, the go-to for every arts organization in Sarasota. That, to me, is like, yeah. that makes me very happy. Yeah. It's logical. It makes sense. And it, it fulfills what, what our role is, yeah. is just in tying it all together. Uh, you know, I work with the people at the Golden Apple. You know, I talk to the people at the Oslo. You know, we're all in this together. There's, it's not us and them. I'm sitting here thinking that it's so clear that you are exactly what this theater needed. <gasps> and that, that confirms what you were saying earlier about how you wind up where you're supposed to be. Yeah. This is clearly where you're supposed to and, be. And 20 years ago, would I have ever thought that this is where I would be? I, there's no way. No, no. But you don't um, have to because yeah. it's going to happen, so you don't yeah. have to think about it. Yeah. And I actually had the first person say, uh, you know, are, are you keeping track of all the things that you're accomplishing? I said, yeah. They're like, well, this isn't your last job. <laughs> and I went, well, I... Hadn't thought about that yet. No, and you don't about have About what the future That's would right. be after this. No. You know, you never know. But I see myself here for many years and making a difference. I'm glad to hear it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad to hear it. And yeah. I know everybody who has had anything to do with the players since you've been here is glad to hear it. Well, I, I have a lot of great support. I'm, I'm pleased with that. Again, not everyone always am I able to make everybody as happy as I would like, or they would like for me to, but you know what, that's not my job. No, dear, it, you know, that it is really, not your it, job. No, it really isn't. It's hard for me to say no to people and stuff. Um, so I do have a couple people that wonder what the heck I'm doing, but the good news is, is I know what I'm doing. Yeah. If there's anything I forgot to ask, or anything that occurs to you that you'd like to say, or anything... What I always try to tell people is, if you haven't been to the Players Theater lately, then you haven't been to the Players Theater. Mm -hmm. We really are the ones that are on the ground making the biggest changes in Sarasota. And that comes from talent, and that comes from hard work. and Commitment. And there's a commitment there, and there's a joy that you will not get at other theaters just because of what our role is. And in the entertainment industry, you're as good as your last show. Is every show going to be 100% best winner? Probably not. But I can guarantee a strong commitment in quality 
and still giving people the opportunity to work and grow on our stage that they can't get anywhere else. You know they say it's top down. Oh, the trickle down. They, well, I'm a firm believer of the trickle down. And what you clearly bring trickles down. Yeah. And so it can't possibly be anything but terrifically entertaining. Well, thank you. And actually, when I was applying for this job, that's one of the things I told the board. I was like, this is, like, this is what I can guarantee you. What you see is what you get. Right, right, right. I have no ulterior motives here. Right. You know, this is how I see the theater, and this is my energy, and this is what... And you have to have that, because I'm a firm believer, if it's a business, if it's a soda shop, <laughs> if it's the country, the main person, that energy, or ignorance, or pomposity, or whatever it is... Right. The negativity trickles down or that uh, positive trickles down. Yes. And, and I'm making sure that it's the positive that trickles down. It is so clear. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jeffrey. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Put a microphone in front of an actor person. And <laughs> thank you.